All right, welcome to episode 67 of the Bobbycast with Cole Swindell. Hey, buddy. Hey, man. Good to be here. <laughs> yeah, 67. I like we've it. Done a lot, we've done a lot. And the, the thing about this thing, we never really planned on it being something big. And not that it's anything big now because, I mean, you're just in my house, right? Yeah, but, and yeah. I actually left my bedroom door open. I never leave my bedroom door open when people come over. This, hey, I walk, this is a sweet place, man. Seriously, I appreciate I, it. I, uh, I walked in and I'm like, man, this is this looks like where Bobby Bones lives, man. This is a, <laughs> it's a great great idea, though, man. And, and to be, like I said, you've been you've had a lot of interviews, so I'm glad to just, just be on here. Well, we're happy to have you. And, and Cole and I were sitting at a table and – a board meeting. If you can think of Cole <laughs> and I and together at a board meeting. And we were the first two to leave. Not the first two to leave, but we have different kind hours. Our jobs are different hours yeah. than everybody else's. Yeah. And so we're on the ACM board. And I am happy to be on the ACM board. Oh, honored, yeah. But those 9 a.m., 10 a.m., 11 a.m. meetings are difficult. You, first of all, don't wake up. Until at least then, yeah. and me, yeah. I'm out by then. You're just, yeah, you're I've been up to three a.m. Like yeah. I'm just roasted. <laughs> so we go to this uh, meeting and they put us at a table, and it's me and Cole. There's only four people at the table, and Cole and I are two of the people at the table. We were like, "You gotta be kidding!" Oh, yeah. As soon as they like broke for water, Cole and I were like, "We'll see you guys." We, and, yeah, we'll uh, we'll we'll catch up with y'all later. Just take notes. Yeah, let, we'll, let, we'll let us let you, us know what happened. At least we were together. Yeah, because that was a uh, yeah a board meeting that early, man. It wasn't wasn't my thing. But hey. how did you get on a board? Like, how how did you get on a board? That's what I would like to know. I mean, I remember when I found out when Carrie told me that, hey, uh, you're you're on the ACM board, and I I asked, well, I didn't ask, how how did that happen? I honestly don't don't know. I mean, I guess, you know, when it comes back up, I'll be, uh, uh, do they vote on it? I don't don't know, man. I don't know how I, you know, am a part of it, but I know that, you know, just to be a part of a, you know, thing like that, that, you know, that was my first award, and I mean, you talked about they've always recognized, you know, new new faces and, and the, the future of country music and to, you know, to be on a board like that with all these people. I mean, there's, there, oh, you're yeah, in there, there's, there's managers, producer, and just to be in, a, you know, a lot of people that have a huge impact on our industry and for, you know, there's other artists on it, but, you know, I think I was one of the only ones in just you to be You were the only it, artist It's there. crazy to, to be in there amongst all those people. So it, uh, it, it, it was a cool thing, man. I'm glad that, glad that I'm a part of it and to learn, I, you get to hear, you know, kind of learn more about the industry and other people's opinions, and it's kind of cool that we are kind of on the same page. And I don't really like other been... people's opinions that much. <laughs> you know, well, most I, I just like mine. Well, you, but remember when you stood up and saved our table? That was like my biggest fear. Like going back to co- like high school group sessions or something. You, they were asking our tables like, all right, what did y'all, uh, what did y'all come up with? And Bobby, you, you stood up and just saved us with this no here's long why answer. I stood it was like up. Will Ferrell and Old School's like, what just happened? I just blacked out. It was like that's what happened us. was I wanted to be seen at the meeting. <laughs> And I knew if I got up, because it's all these professional things, I knew if I got yeah, up and yeah. spoke, and I was like, actually, my opinion on point four dash three of the thing is, <laughs> you they'd, nailed it. they'd be like, oh, Bobby was here, because remember what he said? And then after that, we said, I know, and I just kind of rode your coat to that. Like, well, I, you I was kind of like, yeah, that's right, I, I agree with that, and then I, I got out of there, because I didn't want to stand up. That was uh, so a big room, and you, you nailed it. So You're was, the famous one, so they knew you were there, and then I had to be get on the microphone. Well, you got it. You got us through the, uh, through the meeting, and they knew we were there, and maybe we'll get to go back, so... You know what's interesting about you is that there's nothing about you on the internet. Is that on purpose? Kind of. I mean, yeah. I just kind of, you know, like to keep, you know, some of, some of my private life private just because, I mean, I know you know as well. There's just, being in our profession, I mean, there's just a lot of people out there that don't like to see anybody happy. And, uh, you know, it, and that's just dealing with some of it. But to me, I just kind of keep it, keep it low key. But, um, 
Like mm-hmm. nothing. I, I can always find something. What do you? I mean, what? Like what? I mean, well, no, I just I'll, I just ask you stuff. But I'm telling you, of everyone, really? you're one of the more. You have a lot of hits. Yeah. You have a lot of songs. Oh yeah. You yeah. you have and there's you're like one of these uh, agents, these the, these CIA agents that don't leave traces anywhere. No man, I, I you know, but I think as far as that stuff, the songs. I mean, I like what'd you do today? Let's talk about your day yeah, today. What time yeah. did you wake up? I I woke up actually pretty early. I uh, went to bed early last What's night. What's early really for you? Uh, about seven thirty. That's pretty early. Yeah, pretty early. I actually uh, I got got to hear a little bit this morning. You mentioned I was coming in tonight, uh, but yeah, I got a got a quick little workout in, and I had a had a writing appointment this morning with uh, Cole Taylor and Josh Kerr, uh, two of my buddies in town. So I went and did that. We started that was booked for eleven, but Cole and Josh both both agreed to do it at ten, so we could get done. And you know, I've got some family in town, two of my cousins, and um, so I, I wanted to get done soon. So I went and. Wrote a song, and uh, it was the first time I ever wrote with Josh. It was an amazing thing. Me and Cole have been buddies for a while. He's got several cuts on, on my latest album, You Should Be Here. And it was a great day, man. I uh, just had a little management meeting about some stuff, you know, what we we got in the future coming up. And just looking forward to coming over here. So that's uh, been my day so far. So when you walk into a meeting, man, how times have changed. Like a, a writer. like a Oh, my God. Because it's I'm so sure different when you, than just when I got here. I when mean. you first moved to town, though, you had to be pretty intimidated to walk into some of these big rooms. Oh, yeah. Yes. Like, at, what was the first ride that you can think about in your head that you walked into and there was like a rider that you're like, man, I, don't, I shouldn't be riding with this person. Like, actually, I'm riding with a, with a legend or somebody that I look up to. Yeah. I mean, I remember one of the, the stories – um, for me, and it goes back to being a kid, you know, I, I always say I fell in love with 90s country music, and that's one of the guys, you know, Thomas Rhett's dad, Rhett uh, Akins, was one of the artists I loved as a kid. And I remember being in a room, um, the first time we ever read, the fir- the wrote, we had, the first song we ever wrote was um, a song Thomas Rhett took, uh, Get Me Some of That. And that was just, I, that memory was my first, like, only in Nashville. Like, you grow up listening to a guy, and, and the first song you end up writing is his son takes to the top of the charts. And it's just, that's a Nashville story if I've ever heard one. But, yeah, there's so many. You know, you go from playing college bars and, oh. So, hold on, let me stop you. So, you go into a ride. How long have you been in Nashville when you wrote this song? Um, probably four, four years or so. I'd just gotten off the road from, you know, doing the t-shirt thing i had a publishing deal and this was one of my this is the first time me and red ever wrote we've been buddies but that was uh man i was in t- that was a crazy story to go from being a fan of his to writing with him and was and this a straight co-write and you and red? me and red and michael carter my producer but uh yeah so you walk in you write this song and when you write a song did you think maybe it would be for you you know at this point no like this is this all happened before i got my record deal i was writing songs every single day just Wishing somebody would record them, and and this one, uh, I don't know what, I, I I loved it. I thought it was a, a great song, but I just didn't have enough going for me. I didn't have the artist thing going, and I was willing for anybody. When I heard that Thomas Rhett loved it, you know, I, I've always been a Thomas Rhett fan and a, a buddy of his, so I was just hoping to get a cut. You know, that those things, that's what got me. You know, I think my chance ultimately at a record deal was getting other big time artists to record my songs, and that was uh, that's one memory of, you know, you go from playing songs written by people in a bar to sitting in a room with them and, and writing a song and that's just that's when you know you're you're uh, living the dream man when you're getting to do do that is that the first song for you that was like okay I can make a little money I can relax a little bit is that the first one of those I mean yeah because I had um, I had 
you know, a couple of early cuts like Scotty McCreary, uh, right after he had won American Idol, he won- he recorded one of my songs, Water Tower Town. I wrote about my. What, how do you have all this? Uh, I, but that's like old. You know, we that, do our research on this. This is Water Tower Town. Yeah, this is. You know, that's. A, I wrote that about my hometown, and I remember. You know, thinking that it, it didn't end up doing you know what we thought, but still that that let me know that hey, I got a chance in this town. And, and Scotty, uh, what a great guy he is. And speaking to him, that his new song that you, oh my god, that's yeah, five one of the best, minutes. One of the best songs I've heard. I, I texted him as soon as I I heard it when when y'all were talking about it. It's just it's he's a great dude. So to have somebody like that to record one of your songs about your town and and you know some of the same beliefs it's just uh that was a cool moment for me but thomas rhett that was a different level you know um hold on let me stop you so this scotty mccurry song this was the first one by an artist that was yeah. somewhat successful that you're like okay this really has a chance and it was kind of really a cool moment for it, you huge huge moment because i remember it was one of those i learned a lesson because you know when i wrote this song ultimately you know me and luke were close and i was like man this, luke's gonna love this i can just see him loving it I, I and i remember i sent it to him and all he sent back was yeah, man, I love that everybody knows your mom and them line. And that's all he said. And I was like, crushed. I was like, man. <laughs> I was like, oh. I was like, that is not what I was wanting to hear. And literally, you know, a month or two later, Scotty wins American Idol and, and that song gets recorded and it's on a platinum album. And it just, I, I learned that day that, you know, you may think you, you got it all planned out, what you, but it, it's going to work out how it's supposed to. And that one, that was my really first example of, I, you know, I, I'm just going to try to do the right thing, write songs, and they'll end up where they're supposed to. So Water Tower Town, Scotty McCreary cuts that, and then you start to realize, okay, I got, I can write these songs. Did, mm-hmm. did you have the confidence before that? Were you, was it like it's a matter of time, or did it take songs to hit before you started to realize you could play in the league? You know, I, I would like to say I moved up here thinking I was going to be, but it, you no, know, I think you have to, you know, have something like that happen. Have you know, you know, publishing companies, record labels doing that. That that means they believe in what you're writing and. Yeah, it, you do get confidence. I mean, it's hard to have confidence when you're writing all these songs and, you know, they're not really getting any traction, but you just learn, you know, that's why they say, you know, write every day because the more you do it, the, the better you get, and it's just the the chances are better you're going to have a, a, a great song the more you write. And that was, uh, I remember Dallas uh, and some of my other writer friends calling me and just saying that when that re- uh, song got recorded like hey congratulations but don't stop like this is this is where you got to show up a lot of people just say i've made it and you know that's uh, i think that's uh, what you got to do you got to keep going was that do you think that'd be a, sing- a big single when you when you cut it were you hoping like man that, that this could be a number one hit is that what you well, is that what every every time you cut one if- i mean yeah i think you're uh, you're hoping that that's what uh you know but i think being around the business you know how hard it is to 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 do that to write there's so many great writers in this town but yeah i think you're always wanting like in that that song when it there's one thing for it to be on the album i mean that's a huge album coming straight up. i mean selling over a million copies these days is, is hard it's unheard of and uh pretty much but and uh to have that but then when it announced as a single i remember thinking that was my first single to country radio and i thought i didn't even know what to think man i mean that a song here i, I wrote about you know where i grew up and and uh you know it was hitting country radio and it just like I said, either way, I mean, that, that was my first taste of seeing how a song was doing and wondering what was going to happen with it. and Watching know, a chart. Watching a, yeah, watching a chart. And it's, it's uh, you know, that's, that's just how, how you learn uh, the business, I guess. And I'm, I'm just glad that, you know, that song helped me, you know, no matter how it did. It got me, uh, it gave me the confidence to keep writing and know that, hey, my songs are, you know, hopefully worthy of radio someday. All right, let's talk about Express Pros for a second. Did you know the average number of people who apply for any given job at all is 118 people? 
And only 20% of the applicants get an interview because a ton of the companies use a software to screen out applicants before anyone even sees a resume. So, you know, that was, I saw that on Forbes. So simply uploading your resume won't get you a job. It, you need an advocate. Express Employment Professionals is the local resource to help you get a job. Express is more than 18,000 jobs available weekly. When you interview at Express, they'll assess your skills. They'll connect you with available jobs, and they'll team up with you in your job search. Express has jobs in, let's see, what do you want to do? Manufacturing, accounting, customer service, sales, distribution, all of these type of jobs. I don't know what you're doing right now. Maybe you don't have a job. Maybe you want a better job. Tired of applying online, never hearing back? Visit your locally owned Express office today and speak to professionals. Express never charges a job seeker to find employment. Visit ExpressPros.com. Apply online. ExpressPros.com or find an office near you. All right, so after... Water Tower Town. What's the next song you wrote that, that you were like, okay, this one has a shot now? Okay. Like, this one I has a see. shot. You're like, Water Tower Town had a little higher hopes, but you were still happy about it. It made you feel confident you could walk into a room. Yeah. Then, then what'd you write? Um, so I know I wrote a song that, that Chris Young recorded um, after that, but then after I wrote a, wrote a Song for Luke Bryan called Roller Coaster. That uh, uh, I've heard of that one. That, this is the one. I mean, yeah. This this was this and get me some of that. Like those were almost around the the same time. I feel like and you know, but this one was the one that uh, you know just our history from you know, knowing Luke and and working for him to writing songs and I mean when we played him this me and Michael Carter wrote this when we played it to, for him it wasn't even to pitch it to him it wasn't to see if he would. Recorded me and Michael. It was the first song we had kind of written together, and we had, he had produced it how he wanted, and, he, and we just wanted him to hear my voice on it to see what he thought. And he freaked out, drove us straight over to his producer's house, and me and Michael are sitting there like, "What is going on?" We are. That feeling is that's a one of a kind feeling when somebody you've looked up to is, is about to. I mean, is freaking out literally over a song like you've never seen them. You know, you used to freak out over their songs like that, and now here's something we wrote, and uh, to see him and, and Jeff Stevens just, you know go crazy over this song I mean it was one of the best you know moments of my life just knowing that man I this songwriting that's it's one of those things that's why we love songwriting is because to make somebody feel like that and that's you know that's why I moved to Nashville because that's how music you know makes me feel and it's, let me hear, it's let me crazy. hear this again yeah. after knowing that story let me hear this again I need to recut this too come on I, I, I wish you would yeah yeah come yeah on. Okay. You put your vocal on the demo? I got, see, I still have. I thought about that someday, you know, like maybe putting out my own little, uh. A record? Uh, your first uh, yeah, little my, record? My, my, yeah, my first <laughs> little record. <laughs> like just the, uh, you know, the, the versions, of, my versions of the songs, because I mean, that's what pretty much got me my, you know, when labels, we were pitching my songs and they were like, well, what, you know, why aren't you, why can't you sing this song or why wouldn't you sing this? And it just kind of, that gave me confidence too. It's like, man, maybe I need to book a show because. You know, when I moved here, I'd just been singing cover songs, playing in bars, me and a buddy of mine, acoustic, no uh, no big band or anything, but we just played country covers, and I'd gotten into the songwriting thing, so I moved here and fell in love with the with the writing. Did so, you move here to be an artist? I mean, ultimately, yes, but I knew that I was, you know, I wanted to have my own songs, and I, you know, I had friends in the business that was that said, you know, you need to, if you like songwriting and you're interested like you are, I mean, I was looking up, I was more starstruck by the songwriters when I got here because I... You know, I, I'd been on stage. I loved entertaining, but I, I knew I didn't have the song. I didn't. I couldn't write a song like I wanted to. And uh, 
you know, that's why I moved here and to take three solid years and just focus on songwriting. I mean, that if that wouldn't have happened that way, I wouldn't have had those songs for, you know, when I finally got my chance at a record deal. So that's another situation where I thought I was going to come up here, I was ready to get a record deal, and I would have, I would have screwed it up so fast. I mean, it, it just happened at, at the right time, but that songwriting was definitely my, my avenue, I think. So. so, you know, in this town, and luckily doing the show, I get to bring up all the great songwriters. Yeah. yeah. You know, there becomes the coolest songwriters of the moment yeah. that aren't artists yet. It may never be, but it's like, you know, who's the coolest? Were you for a while that the the coolest songwriter for a I, minute? I don't think so. I, I don't, um, you know, I, I wouldn't think that. I, I would think that I was a guy that people hopefully wanted to write with a second time and a third time. I think that's, you know, something my publisher, the people that, you know, brought me up through the business. It was like, you know, you got to have this town you know, behind you, wanting to write with you again. I mean, you gotta, um, you know, you gotta write the best songs you can. And I think, uh, I never felt like that. I just felt like I started getting some songs recorded and people heard my versions. And it was like a lot of artists now. It's like, well, man, let's, uh, you know, let's, and that was about the time that that you came along. You know, it's it's crazy to think like it's all that happened. uh, And then I finally got my chance. So I, um, it is crazy to think that you've really only been an artist for about four and a half years. I, and that's what something I think you know. That's you have a ton I'm, of hits. And, well, thank you, man. I'm on my. It's crazy to me. From I mean, I met you during chilling it, and now I'm on my seventh single. That is, in that amount of time. I mean, you know, we talked a little bit. You know, I don't know how you measure success. Really, I think it's happiness. But I think that if you look at what I've done, and, and the, I can't, I don't have anything to complain about. If, if something doesn't go my way, I mean, look at. Look at what's happened for me, and, and it takes some somebody like your mama or, or whatever, you know, pointing that out. It's like you know, we always in this, but we always want what's next, what's next. But man, you're right. Four and a half years, I couldn't have couldn't have drawn it up any any better. And you hid from the internet at the same time. Oh my god, it's amazing. Here, I'm gonna play chillin' it. I All think right, I have a little story yeah. about this one okay. here. So this song comes out by this dude. I don't even know who this dude is. He sends up a, <laughs> he sends up a cooler to the studio, and I'm like, let me see what this. He sent up a cooler. Let me see what this chillin' it. And I remember listen to it in my ears I was like let me let me hear this send up a cooler I was like huh I like the sound of that sounds a little progressive but still country yeah and I was like I liked it and I remember playing it and And I didn't know you I would never met oh I know but I I had heard I remember my mom telling me that you were playing it like and that was and you texted and you said my mom heard the song on the radio for the first time I had to get your of course you know I I was like hey uh, somebody at my label was like can you get me Bobby Bones and my mom's freaking out he played my song (laughs) I just want to thank him because at that point you know how I mean somebody's got to give you a chance and and that um, you know when you're a new artist and an artist and I mean putting out a new song anything you got to have people that believe in you and uh I will never, I will never forget that the people that you know you met at the beginning that kind of gave you that shot. I mean, from from you to my label to that just cooler, everybody. Man, that cooler. A, there's hey, a big cooler you like, with the CD in it. Like, there's a cooler the CD. I didn't even listen to the CD. I was like, <laughs> he sent a big old cooler up here. What am I going to do with it? Well, at least you like the song maybe better than the cooler. It sounds like. Well, I didn't so, get the cooler. Uh, <laughs> what, what am I going to do with the cooler? But I was like, well, let me let me listen to this. Let me download this. Yeah. And then. That's a jam. Yeah. Right, well, that's what started. And I, I watched you at Stagecoach this year. Oh wow! Yeah, cause we played the same day. I played. Yeah. We played before you. Mm-hmm. Don't worry, we were playing at the Peon times. And like we were playing at like four. You were playing at dark. Oh whatever. And I was watching you play this song, and the whole crowd was still just. They were singing their brains out to this song. No, no. It's, and that was my first single. I think that is. 
you know, people ask me, buddies that are trying to get record deals or, or whatever, it's like, you know, what song should I, you know, what's the first single? And I don't, I don't know the answer to that, but I just think that if any other song I've had since then would have been my first, it might not have broken me through there like that one did. And that's, that's scary to think about, but that's, um, like I said, man, that's why I, I love writing songs. I've always listened to music and I think I'm a fan. I, I grew up a fan of music and I, I still am. And I think that's why I you know, try to put myself in their shoes and what would I want to hear? What would, you know, it's, it's not always like that, but sometimes you got to think about, you know, Hey, I'm just like them too. So, uh, let's, let's try to say some of it's fun. Some of it's sad, but, uh, I wonder, all, let uh, me wonder out loud yeah. for a second. Okay. I wonder because you put that song out and I was like, I like this song and it sounds a little different. I bet you, you got some pushback for that song. Yeah. I bet you did. Yeah. And now it's just a song that there was a hit that gets yep. played as what they call a recurrent and nobody thinks a thing about it. Oh yeah. In just four years, you've seen it change from, whoa, this is crazy. I bet you got some dad ain't countries for that song. Oh yeah. Which is Plenty. crazy to think right now, right? Oh, oh yeah. It, it, now. Yeah. But now. it's, but, uh, like I said, that's, I guess that's always, you know, it's always going to be always. a thing. And, and you, like you said, man, I, that's the one thing about being in, in positions like we're in is like you're opening yourself, you're opening yourself up to just get, you know, uh, people that have you know nothing other to do than just uh, you know talk trash or, or whatever it is. But that's you're gonna get pushback about things. But I think those are always the things that mean you're you're breaking through and getting getting something done. And you know, not everybody's gonna like. That's the toughest thing for me is I you know I try to treat everybody how I want to be treated, but everybody's not gonna like your music. They're not gonna like every song. You're not gonna like, as much, not even gonna like you. You're not even gonna like me. Yeah, it's like I, what did, they don't even know us, you know. But it's uh, they don't know me. But it, you know, I uh, you gotta understand that you're putting yourself in that position. And and I tell you what, I think we we got a lot more people that do like us than than don't. And that's to me the fans. I mean, people that that's who you gotta focus on. And that uh, let me wonder out loud again. Yeah, you keep, keep I, wondering. I wonder. Because something I've had to do in my life, especially in the last six months to a year, is if I get 100 tweets, right, I'll zero in on that negative one. They'll, yeah. And I'll be like, everybody hates me, and this person just ripped me. But there are 99 positive tweets. And I would always focus in, and it would make me go, oh, I'm so angry, or I'm sad. Yeah. or I'm, like, yeah. But why? Why we, do we do that? We should really make an effort to appreciate those 99, 99. more. Hey, I'm not kidding. That is a great point because – you know that's us being honest. If if somebody says that they don't, then I I don't know. I guess they've got it figured out. But it's just it's tough to see that something that you know you love to do and you're doing you're you're not out there, you know, doing what I, I don't know. You're doing the right thing. You're doing great things and um, trying to do the right thing. And, and people just no matter what you you're do, just trying to do stuff, just trying to do things, and they they're gonna you know they're not gonna like it. And we gotta focus, focus on, on the ninety nine. We gotta focus on the ninety nine. I got yeah. Got to yeah. focus. Let me play this song. Tell me about this one here. This is uh, by Craig Campbell. Sing oh Craig's, yeah, yeah. Craig singing here. This is the one. Oh, that was my second. Yeah, that was my second uh, single to country radio right there. Craig Campbell, great friend of mine, great friend of yours. The thing about Craig is that, and the weird thing about this song, I believe it was a song. As it was climbing, he gets dropped from his record label. Not dropped. The record label folds. Yeah, it wasn't even dropped. No, he didn't get dropped. The song was the, climbing hard. Yes, yes. And I remember sitting in a meeting with. My boss's boss. We were in New York, and Craig Campbell was our iHeartRadio on the Verge artist. Yep. And so, love the song, and the song is just top ten, and boom, his record label goes out, and we're like, "What? What do we do?" So we're, it's like, well, we're gonna keep charging with the song, even though there's no record label and no promotion. And I think it ended up getting to like six or something. Yeah. I, I mean, that's huge. Yeah, that doesn't even happen. Dude. So. It, we were all flabbergasted. Like, 
He's got a top ten song, and now the record label folds and goes away. But but just because that's never had, why can't it have? And that's what I love about like like people that believe in a song, believe in music, and and you. Like I said, man, you can't really. You don't know how to say thanks for this. And I know Craig appreciates. That's probably is that when you met? Is that when y'all met? Kind of. Yeah. Then was it? When, but I know you've had right other songs. This that, song, yeah. yeah that it, this is when we met. Though. So you wrote this. Yeah, I wrote this one. So this is the one that, as a writer on that, seeing that happen and a good friend. I mean, me and Craig, when he used to play Broadway every Tuesday night at the stage, me and him would go get sushi right on Demumbering right there every Tuesday. I'd be off the road from selling merch and. Uh, he'd be playing the stage and we'd go down and I'd watch him sing all these songs that He's I crazy loved. good it, at knowing every song. Every song. And I, I mean, I'd sit there. There wouldn't be you know that many people in there at the start. I mean, they have like four-hour sets down there. By the end, it was full. But I'd be there from the beginning. You know, I was his buddy and I uh, always supported him. So to see you know him uh, record a song like that, knowing that he used to get me up. That was my only chance to really ever sing in town was – during his sets, he'd get me up to sing uh, just some 90s country song or something. And, you know, that's uh, that was my moment of the week, you know, before I went back on the road to sell T-shirts. So Craig's always been good to me, and I, I look for hopefully one day, um, you know, we can do some shows together. I know he's out there, I think, with Luke doing some stuff now. And like you said, you've, you're a fan of his. And, I, you know, I just I like to pull for good people, and he's, he's one of those. If you if your friend is an artist, so back when you, before you were trying to be an artist, mm-hmm. and you wrote something you thought was fantastic – would you go to your friends with it first and say, here's a song I think's really good? And is it awkward when they don't think it's really good? Yeah, yeah I mean, that is so uh, so true. I mean, yes, it's like, you know, I, I've had, you know, a couple of close friends. I mean, Luke obviously is one of them, but, you know, Thomas Redd, or, but he's a songwriter himself, so I'm trying to think, you know, me and FGL are boys, but it's, it's hard to, it's, it's hard to think dirt now. But uh, I, I had to, you know, when you'd send the artist a song, you want them to love it, but it is awkward. Like you, if if they don't say anything back, because now I'm on the other side of it, and I don't know what to do when I don't like. It. You don't want to. You want to like, Thanks you for sending. You know yeah. like, what do you say? It's so it's so what awkward you because say? you don't. I just if hey, you man, get a song, let's say I write a song, I'm like boom, I send it to you. I'm, you're I'm like, about to this, out myself. Songwriters that are pitching me songs. Uh, let's but see. this is something that gets talked about a lot here. It is is that, yeah. And a lot of people say, I believe someone in the last week or so said they would get songs and they just don't reply. And that's kind of the, the, the yeah, like, universal, means, hey, I, I wasn't <laughs> I really that, feeling it without saying I wasn't really feeling it. That is so, that's so, I'm laughing because I, I know I've done that before, but I know anybody listening Mike, now that's ever sent me a song. Who said they just didn't reply? Do you remember who it was? Oh, it was Nicole Guy. Oh, and that's somebody I'm looking forward to writing. She's so Dude, awesome, she's man. She's so awesome. Uh, no, I'm looking. Nicole, I want to write with you. But uh, we're going to – I know we'll we'll try to work that that out. But that is very true. I've done that before too. And, you know, you try to get she back said to everybody. She said to her is what it was. It's not – Blake, that's what it was. Oh, Because her and Blake are friends. Yeah, and she yeah, was yeah. like, she'll send Blake songs. And if Blake doesn't reply – that just means ah, he wasn't feeling it. That's oh, their universal language. Oh, I, I used to do that to me. All the, I've yeah, I've done that, and you kind of like, well, he hadn't replied by now. She hadn't replied by now. Uh, they don't like it. So then, do you send it I, to someone else if they yeah. haven't replied in? What? what how much time do you give them? Um, you know, I don't know. These days, I don't think there is any. Edit. I think they just send it, and if you answer first, then it's good. Yeah. Some some people, but to me, I mean, there were some times when. Uh, you know, I, I remember like Roller Coaster uh, when when Luke he had that on hold for a long time, and there were other artists that I remember. Um, a couple of artists, you know, wanted it, or, or their A and R people wanted it for them, maybe. And and Luke was like, you know, I, I want this song, and he ended up recording it. You know, like after you know, you never know. I mean, when you're holding a song, and especially now me knowing as an artist, I mean, you're taking a chance on 
if you don't record it, these writers are missing out on you know other big artists recording the songs. Food. So food. I mean, that's what and and that's why I'm so glad I, I got to do the the writing thing, and I still do. But come up that way because I want to write all my stuff, but I don't have have to. I, I know I can't write every song because there's too many great songwriters here, and, and if they're going to send me their best stuff, I mean. You know, I think that's how you support the industry. I mean, I'm not going to record that just because of that reason, but I think there's so many great songs that, you know, we're lucky enough to be able to record outside. I mean, I'd like to write them all, but I don't. I'm, I'm fortunate to have people sending me theirs now, and that's a, I'm a, that's a compliment. So let me ask you something about your boy Luke. Why is he falling down all the time? We're talking about this today. Like he jump on a beer cooler. I, I just he's dangerous. I don't know, man. He's uh, he's worth too much money to be jumping I, I, around. He might, yeah, I know. It's, and he's that, getting he's a lot of people depending on him out there to. That's exactly it. it but, he's got uh, too many people to pay. I know. He's I don't know, man. He's an entertainer, and that's that's something that I don't know. I I, I literally though I think from being around it, I'm careful about. I, I have like anxiety about falling you off the be stage. Careful about your throat, <laughs> illness, that's all of it, man. Because again, if you're not making money, that people that you ha- you're paying. Aren't yeah. making money, and that's that's uh, and that's something that I never, you know, you never think about those things when you're chasing the dream that you may get to a level where you got a lot of people behind you that are helping you on your team, and every little thing you do, every decision you make, every song you release, every whatever, it it matters it because trickles. there's people and there's people depending on you, and it, it's a good thing to have responsibility like that. But I don't think some people understand the pressure that that we're. You know, put in in these situations, uh, anybody in in the entertainment business. I'm speaking of, so it's uh, it's a different thing that I don't think some fans they they really realize that hey, everything um, we're doing is affecting all of the people on our team. So let's go back to you moving to Nashville. So what's it? How old are you? What's the thought? Did you always like just put me where you yeah. are and how old you were? See, a lot of people. Um, I was. Uh, Leaving college, I left college. I mean, I had like 18, 19 hours. A lot of people don't even uh, don't know that, but you know, I it was just something that I had to do. I was I was playing shows, and I'd already discovered when I got to college, I didn't. I was undeclared major. I finally settled in on marketing, and and did got so close, but it was just it was time, and I, I knew that I loved music. I knew what I wanted to do, and you know, I knew I had to get to Nashville. So I, I moved. I was. I think 23 it was august 23rd my dad's birthday 2007 so uh yeah august 23rd 2007 moved to nashville i remember break my mom she was clue i mean just couldn't understand she'd never really even seen me play in bars or anything didn't really understand she knew i loved music growing up but it wasn't she had never really seen you know me play and, and didn't get it like some of my friends didn't there was a lot of people that didn't get it thought i was crazy and those are the people i think that end up motivating you but so i moved to uh nashville and i just that was you know, to write a song. I didn't know what I was going to do. I was in contact with Luke. I had his manager, Carrie, which ended up, she's my manager now. We, uh, you know, that he needed a merchandise guy at that time. How'd you know so Luke? Like what? He, we met, uh, he, you know, I, in college, I was in fraternity, fraternity Sigma Chi, and he was uh, there a few years earlier than me. Same fraternity. Uh, he, he was in a band there while he was in college, and they had come back to do like a, like do a show that weekend, and he just stops by, and I knew his name and knew that he was pretty popular in, in the local, you know, coming through Statesboro. So he stopped to change his strings, guitar strings for that night, and met him, and he sat down and said, can I care if I play all some stuff I wrote up in Nashville? And I was like, stuff you wrote? You know, I was at that time, I was singing cover songs and on. I remember he played a song that he had written, and it just blew my mind that he made that up and made me feel like that, you know, and I was like, wow. And that's really... 
that was a big moment in my knowing that man, some people are behind. There's people that aren't singing this that are behind these songs writing. I mean, I I learned uh, about who the songwriters were, and from then on, when I'd buy an album, I was looking at every single cut on the album that I loved that I thought maybe should be on the radio, and and looking at the writers and. That, uh, that that changed my whole view on songwriting, and then you know it was always his demos he'd send me. But you know then Eric Church's first album, Dirks Bentley's first album came out, and that was just those were the guys they were writing their own songs, and I just I don't know that changed me. I said I wanted to you know I knew I wasn't writing the songs I was singing, and I just wanted to be one one of the guys that made people feel the way I did. So so 2007, you pack 2007. up what? What'd you pack up? I I mean not a bit, nothing. My clothes. I had a uh, what kind a of car that, did you have? I had a, a 96 Chevrolet truck, Z71. That's uh, that's the truck I'd, I'd have. Well, no, that was what I had when I was 16, so I had a, just a black Chevrolet truck. Uh, so you loaded down. Loaded down. Put a trailer behind it or just put all the I didn't have, no, it was bed. just all in the in the bed because yeah. I had a uh, a guy here that was from close to my town, um, Cliff Core, that, that had a, a house here that he was living in, and they had a small extra room, and he's like, man, there's a – there's a bed, but you know you're not even gonna have any room for any furniture, anything. There's you can have to put your computer in the closet, and well, I had to get a flat screen TV at that time. I mean, they were common, but still, that, I had to hang it on the wall because it wouldn't even fit in front of the TV where you walk through. So, I was never there. You know, I was on the road a lot. I uh, got the the merchandise job, so that was I didn't have to pack a whole lot, man. I never when I moved up here, I didn't bring a bed or anything. It just I lived there for a while until I moved. You know, probably. Uh, where I moved after a year, and then I lived there for about six years. So, so what did you do? Did you write Monday through Thursday and then go out and sell merch for Luke on the weekends? You know, I'd like to say I had it set up like that, but, it, you know, at first, who do you write with? I mean, how do, I'm a merchandise guy. Nobody took me serious, and I think that had a lot to do with when I was first coming out. People weren't really sure if I, you know, was like, who's this guy that just got off and got off the road selling T-shirts? But I, I think uh, – you know, I, I I don't know how it happened like that, but to write, you know, every day I, you can't do that without appointments. And to me, I had to meet people, so I had a couple of buddies that I'd write with. Yeah, I might write twice a week if I could, but as the more I did it, you know, I'd write on the road when I could with Michael. But just thinking about and just knowing that, man, I'm not there yet. I'm not there yet. I mean, I can't wait to one day get in the room with some of these guys and I can learn. And but I'm glad I didn't. I'm glad I had to learn by myself with the guys that were on my level. And I think that's how you. That's how you grow, and it's uh, you know I, I wrote when I could, but the more I did, the more I you know I think you got the feel of it, and it was just addicting. I, that feeling I used to have on stage of entertaining and watching people have fun, now it was coming up with that line or, or what I thought was good, and that feeling it just took over, and so uh, songwriting was my new love at that point. I mean, so when you were selling for Luke, did he know you wanted to be an artist, and is that a weird dynamic because? Of right. that? Yeah, I mean, I don't think, you know, he knew that I was interested in music. He knew I, I loved music and I wanted to be a songwriter. And I think he, you know, that was his way of saying, hey, well, you know, come out here and see what goes on and kind of, it wasn't that, a really long-term plan, but it was something, I went out one weekend and, and ended up being out for like three years. But, you know, that's not what I moved to do, but it gave me an opportunity to just be around the business and be around radio and see how a new artist, I mean, see, I'd always thought Luke was, the big star back that, that he is now but it just you know it took a little bit for everything to, to catch on but for me to see how he did things how he treated people uh you know his team it, it just i think it helped me when i finally got my chance i felt like i had been around it i'd seen the good and the bad of the business i'd seen singles uh top the charts i'd seen a song me and him both loved you know diet 37 and it just you know things like that i had going through that with a 
a friend and then finally getting your chance like I do now. I mean, I obviously can't thank him enough, but I, I think, uh, you know, things like that make you want to get to a point where you can give back and help people because uh, he, he certainly, you know, put his uh, name out there and I, I've uh, tried to do the best I can, write the best songs and, um, you know, make a name for myself. Tell me about the hat because everybody thinks it means Cole Swindell and <laughs> yeah. it, it doesn't. But tell me about the hat and why you wear that hat all the yeah. time. Because you're not making money off that hat, are you? No. No, I don't. I, I don't know. I'm just uh, obviously a, a hat guy. is kind of kind of my thing. And uh, the Georgia Southern thing, it just – I remember when um, I went out and did some of my first shows when I got my band and I was going to try to start getting a record deal. You know, I had a Georgia Southern baseball hat, one of the new ones, and I was like, I'm just going to rock this. And we ended up out on a big tour, and uh, the, just pictures on the internet, you know, like coming out and they're like, who's this guy wearing the Georgia, Georgia Southern people, uh, you know, were noticing that. And I saw a lot of alumni that were like, this guy's repping our college, you know, and I went to school there for six years, and uh, <laughs> or five, five years, something, and, you know, that's where I got my start, and it just kind of, I don't know, I like to... to uh, be loyal to where I come from, and it just kind of stuck with me. And then people think it means, but, but now people, think, I know, I don't know how because it looks like a C. I understand that, but if you look, it is a. It's obviously a G, but I can understand it. So maybe, look, you've got all kind of cool hats. So maybe we can just design me a new one. I don't know. I, I don't. But I do just you even want that? No, I mean, a lot of people think it's my yeah initials, but what, but, do I want a but you one? don't make any money off that Georgia Southern hat. No, I just I, I just think it's something that nobody knows who Georgia Southern. And I get a chance to represent my college, where I, my family, we all. I mean, everybody. I think everybody graduated, but me from there. But uh, everybody <laughs> went there, and it's just I don't know. I love that school. I think and, it's commendable. Look, I have a state of Arkansas tattooed on my body, I, I, so I, I, love I love representing home. Absolutely. I just always wondered. I got you. Yeah. Well, I, you know, I appreciate. Do you sell Georgia Southern hats at your shows? Um, no, they they have them in the bookstore, like at the at the college. <laughs> so it's like, I mean, they had a graph of the sales of baseball hats before I started wearing it now, and it's pretty it's pretty funny. But to me, it's the Coleswindell merch booth of the college. I, mean, I know, but I make. I mean, you know, I, I have my own line of merch down there at Georgia Southern now. So it's, uh, I don't know. I mean, they don't do anything like the baseball hats, but it's still. I mean, just to be tied in when I used to be a kid in that bookstore. Now I have uh, stuff in there, but it's. Uh, it's pretty wild to to think about that, but they're I know they're proud of of me, and I'm I'm proud to represent them. So I'm I'm glad glad you uh you know proud of where you come from. I mean I know this story. I just wanted you to say it yeah, again. Yeah, okay, okay. Because a lot of people don't know. They, I, well, thank you. And this is a lot of people listening. And this is my only way. And that's you funny about people tweeting and stuff. Like when I get you know I've had a couple of TV moments here and there, but when I do, that's like the meanest thing. It's like. Who, why does this guy think he can just wear his initial? And it's like, well, hey, I mean, I'm, if that's the worst thing, I guess I can I can deal with that. But, uh, yeah, well, who knows? Maybe I'll change it someday. Let's talk about Blue Apron for a second. I love Blue Apron. You know, I do the show from my house, and coincidentally, that is where Blue Apron comes, right to my door. So Blue Apron comes, and it's in a big, awesome Blue Apron box. And for less than $10 per person, per meal, Blue Apron delivers these awesome meals to you. Make them right at home. Seasonal recipes along with pre-portioned ingredients make delicious home-cooked meals and variety. Choose from the – just look at the website. I, I, I can tell you. Just look at the website, blueapron.com slash bobbycast. Also, go over and t- make sure you put bobbycast at the end of that, blueapron.com slash bobbycast because check out this week's menu. Get your first three meals for free with free shipping, blueapron.com slash bobbycast. And you like, well, I don't even know how to cook. Yeah, I don't either. Welcome to the club of not knowing how to cook. And so there's a card that teaches you how to do it. They have all the recipes. They're pre-portioned. They show you exactly how to do it. Beep, beep, beep. If I can do it, you can do it. So Blue Apron, you'll love how good it feels and how good it tastes. 
create incredible home-cooked meals, blueapron.com slash bobbycast. Blue Apron is a better way to cook. All right, Cole, Cole, Cole. We have so many hits. Let's see. <laughs> Where do we start? How about... Ooh, good hope story you, with this one. Hope you get lonely tonight. Yeah. Tell me something about this one. We, uh, this is now what we opened the show with. It was my second single to to radio. And uh, this is a song that I wrote with uh, Brian and Tyler Viftio and uh, Michael Carter, my producer. We were out. I was just out writing before I had my record deal. Uh, we were out. It was... FGL, Thompson Square, and Luke, I think, on tour. And I was out riding, and uh, we got together that day, uh, one day on tour, wrote this song, and I remember just freaking out. The melody, we were like, oh, my God, we uh, played it. Even after the show, we were in there playing it on, on a little boom box, just the work tape of it, and never knowing what would happen with it. With, well, it went on, um, you know, I was sending my songs around trying to get a record deal, and I just assumed FGL would record that maybe, so... I put it on my version because I did the demo. I had my version on the things we were sending to labels. Well, somehow Jason Aldean got a copy of that song and was like wanted it. And I, here I was without a record deal. And FGL, they you know had a huge song out and they were blowing up. And you know here I am just trying. I needed a song like that. You know I needed that song and. You know, I'll never forget what a decision, that. that huh? uh, yeah, I mean, and, and I, I mean, I remember, you know, he's me and him are buddies now. It's funny. Now I ended up touring with him a year later, a couple years later, and but it, you know, to think when a, a guy you you know love his music, you played every one of his songs coming up, wants a song that you wrote, and you know, you possibly are going to have to say, I, I may need to keep this. I mean, oh, have it. And so man. Carrie, you know, that that's she had to. They talked, and and he understood though, and I. I think now, I mean, that's I have so much respect for for Aldine for that and for him recording all these great songs that he doesn't have to. He could be in the room on any of them if he wanted, and he just he records great songs. But and not to mention, I mean, think about the publishing companies of the other writers and stuff. Like you think they didn't want Jason Aldine to have that? I get that, and that's just part of the the business that you learn. It's like, man, you know, when you got and the fact that they let me keep it and believed in me enough to say, you know what, if you're gonna keep it and you record it, you keep it and. And Aldine was cool. The writers were cool, and it ended up being my second uh, second single. How about that? Yeah. You have to make the decision to not give superstar Jason Aldine a song, and you want to keep it, and you don't even have a deal. Like that's ballsy. Sound, uh, yeah. And you're, and I know you're manager Carrie, and and that says a lot about the faith that she had in you. Uh, yes, and because I mean, there's, you know, when you're having somebody's back and stepping up for them, there's going to be other people in the that. I'm like what are you do? Like, are you serious? Like, what is and and you know that's things that you don't think about. But you know the way you put that. I mean, that is that's a big deal and and things you kind of. You I said thought no about to, that in a while. You but, said no to free money. Yeah, I mean, because with my, the risk of making more money on the backside, with the risk of just having a career, and I, I, it's in this business, you know. I you love know, it. You know, it's all about the song. And I that's, love uh, it. You got to have the right one. I love your balls. <laughs> Love them. Oh. Okay, so that's a good story. How about yeah. this one here? But I'll drink to a country song. Ain't worth the whiskey. Yeah. To another long work week And I'll raise my glass to a long lost buddy I ain't seen. I might stay for one more. Tell me about this writing room. Yeah, this is, a, this is crazy. I mean, I wrote this song five-something years ago. I mean, you know, I, I thought this was on my first, when I got my publishing deal, this is on my first like uh, 
demo session like this song was and uh nobody wanted it nobody, like it's, and I think it's because the names on it I mean me Adam Sanders Josh Martin I mean three guys that nobody it's like I think they listen to the song and they're like dang this is a hit who wrote is this like some of the hit who and I think I honestly think that had something to do with you don't know sometimes and I think that's what you work for as a writer for people when you send them they, they know it's gonna be good I mean and that that was one of those songs that you know, had I written that with a big name, I would—I bet you somebody would have recorded it, and I'd have never had it. But the fact that you know, many people had it on hold—I can't remember who all had it, but it, it never got recorded. That's and, a weird thing, right? Like someone has your song on hold, and, and then they let it go. Yeah, because mm. you're like, there's a shot, and I think everyone knows every hold doesn't mean a cut. No, but it—that's—that's that's where you start is right. the first hold. Step this, one is yeah. someone hearing going, "I'm gonna put that on hold and make it, and I'm gonna put that in the basket, yeah, and go back to it." Yep. And that is, you know, these days you realize it might not be the biggest deal in the world, but to to a songwriter, I mean, your first hold. I remember, gosh, I mean that that's the crazy feeling. It, that's that is the first step, though. Like you said, is for somebody to just be interested enough to say, "Hold on, don't send this to anybody else. I'm going to keep it, and I'll let you know what." Uh, and then you know when they let you know, pass. Then oh, <laughs> so that one got held a few times. It did, yeah, it did. And uh, I just, you know, it's it's crazy. You you get your hopes up and. At that point, I mean, I didn't even have a song recorded. This was before Water Tower, any of that. I mean, and, you know, you get your hopes up, and then it, they're just like, oh, man. But that, that's a little bit, too. Aren't you like, I, like when it hits and they, they pass on it, you're a little bit like. And then now it's like, oh, man, I'm thankful. Yeah, I, I was glad I had the song because, you know, I needed that song. And that's what, you know, some people, you know, I had I was fortunate enough to get some songs recorded before chilling it in my record deal. But, like, that song right there, it really I don't know. It, first two did well, but that one was another like chill. It kind of took me to a different level. I mean, that's one of the biggest moments of the night still in my show is that song. And I just think it's because it's, it's simple country something. It's relatable. Everybody, it, you know, there's nobody in there that hadn't kind of somewhat been through, uh, been through something like that. I feel like, so it's, uh, it's, it's cool to get to perform that and, and try to help everybody get over, get over them exes. So. Here's another one here from, from this guy. Let me see, girl. You lean your head back and you laugh. Yeah. Why? Because you, the way you said that. No, I mean, this is, you know, this was one of those songs that, um, it was my fourth single at the first album. I, I had seen this song live for years, and, and you, sometimes you have to make a call. It comes down to, all right, I've got a song, you know, that's up-tempo, that's fun, that I, I may need for my show, that I may need for just to... To have, you know, uh, say it, it's one of my singles, or maybe a song that's made change the world over here. You know, like I don't think this is a song that's gonna. This is no, you should be here. But I also knew what people didn't know is I knew I had, you should be here after this, and I, I wanted to go out with something light, something fun, and it's just one of those things that you know. This is one of those you, we were talking about chilling. Yeah, of course I got pushback on it, and I've got, you don't like to see that. I mean, I I think I'd release something like whiskey and. I'd shown some, this side, and, and here I, I was going back to the tempo, fun stuff. But to me, I mean, seeing that live, it's just like you just have to roll with it. People are going to say what they say, but then, you know, if, if they can come out and watch my show, watch me play it live and not get it, then it's, you know, it's a different deal. But I uh, I could see how – well, I, the reason I did that is because I could see how some people, you know, are going to push back on that. So, Well, let me play the game changer here. Yeah. You have four number ones, right, at this point? Four, yeah. Four number ones that you have – been the artist for a bit artist yeah. so here you come with the game changer at number five you should be for many reasons we'll talk about career first yeah. this 
this song elevated you to the next level. Did you feel that? Absolutely. Absolutely. I remember the debut on your show that morning. I, I get to tell that story a lot because the day it hit radio, I mean, I, I the stories I started seeing on my social media, I knew. I mean, the minute I left your studio, I went and got on my Instagram and looked at a, at a message, and I'll never. I'll, I'll tell you about that at some point. But it's just crazy to, to think the instant impact and, you know, how powerful radio is and uh, that song. You know that's what I, that's what I wanted people to know about, and especially coming off a fun song like, uh, you know, let me see you girl. It's like, yeah, that's that's the fun side of me, but this is me too. I mean, I, I think that first part of my album showed the fun side of me, and, and that hey, I, I, you know, I want y'all to get to know me, but you know, I, I, life ain't all fun, and that that was my chance to release a song and show everybody, look, I, I, you put me in this position to sing songs, write songs. You know, I got every now, you know, from time to time, there's a special one that that's going to, you know, relate to everybody and take you to that next level. And I think that's, you know, the the artists in our format that have lasted for years. I mean, they have those kind of career songs. And when people, that's a compliment of people are like, that's the biggest song of your career. I, you know, I, who knows? I want to have a long career. But if, if any song so far, if I wanted it to be a career, it's, it's that one. And that's because of what it means to me and the stories I've heard. And that's, you know, I... I the chance to write a song like that is a, the Nashville dream to me, and that's that's why I moved. I hate the circumstances, but for my career and just knowing, I mean, the people it's helped. Just like you know, when you know, I, I'm with songs. I mean, you you do things every single day that that help people. I mean, that's just my way of doing it, is writing a song, and that's it's hard to believe that I, you know, I, I've been you know able to do this for a living, and that song is uh, will always be probably the most special song I ever write. Let me see if I know this, get the story right because mm-hmm. I know Ashley Gorley, who you wrote the song mm-hmm. with. Yeah, one of my you, favorites, man. Uh, you guys were in Boston outside Gillette uh, Stadium. Yep, yeah, outside. And Gillette. you and you wrote it in the bus. Yep. He. Uh, yeah, I was like the opener, opener, opener of one of the stadium tours For up Kenny, there, right? and uh, yeah, and we were up there, and Gorley was out riding with me, and I remember he had walked in to take. Uh, a picture of the setup. I mean, here's a state, you know, for anybody that's never been to a stadium show, it's a stage in the middle of a football stadium. And he sent a picture to his daughter and it said with the stadium and the stage, it said, you should be here. And, uh, he had that idea. So he, we were back on the bus and he's like, Hey man, I was inside. I had this idea, sent a picture of my daughter. You should be here. And you know, here, here he was thinking, missing his family. And, and immediately I think about, you know, missing my dad. And, uh, it was just one of those things where I immediately said, Ashley, please let me write this with you, man. Please. And he said, well, that's why that's why I brought it up, you know. And it just kind of, it was one of those meant-to-be things. I mean, the, from the whole time when we started writing it, we I told him, I was like, if, if we do do it this way, I, I want everybody to be able to relate to it, whether they miss them. If, you know, because everybody hasn't, you know, might not have, have been through, lost somebody, hadn't, hadn't been through that. But um, I wanted to be just to, everybody to be able to relate to it. And I think that's why we... We didn't write it just about a loss. We wrote it about the moments, and I think that's what makes that one. You know, there's a lot of songs about loss, but to me, this one is just about those moments where, in life, uh, you know, there's a lot of things that I'd give anything. You know, you just want you want that one person to call, or they just make it that much better, and it means uh, means that much more. So, to me, uh, that song is is something that you know, getting to play every night, seeing the crowd. I mean, it's uh, it's hard to believe that that music is that powerful, but it is. How about this one? Number one, two, three, four, five, six. In the middle of a dance. Middle of a memory. Do you even miss? Like, you don't even miss. 
You don't even miss. No, man. Look at this guy. You don't even miss. Hey, another Ashley Gorley, Zach Crowell right here, man. This is great. I mean, this was written in the middle of another song. That's the cool thing about Explain. this. Explain. So, yeah, so... You know, I, I put out these things, EPs called the Down Home Sessions. We've done several versions of those, and there was a song on one of them called Kiss that a lot of the fans, it's like a fan favorite of my Down Home Sessions. Well, there's a line in the second verse that says, Girl, you left me here with half a beer in the middle of a memory. And when we came up with that line in the room, me, Zach, and Ashley thought we were like middle of a memory. We're like, we got to... And Ashley's like, we got to write that right now. So I learned a lesson that day from Gourley, Ashley Gourley, that... We stopped that other song and started writing this one. I mean, just right out of the blue. And I'm like, what are you doing? Usually I would have just saved the title, went back to it. But I learned that day, you don't, you know, we already had a good start on the other one. Like, why not start a, a new one right here and see what happens? And it just flowed right out. And it's just one of those, you know, when there's a story like that behind it, usually it's a special, special song. And to me, this one was always one of my favorites. And just another, uh, you know, song that that's... Uh, I don't know. It, it helped me get to where I am. So, uh, sit single. Man, guy doesn't miss. Let's do it. This is the one now. And depending on what, you may hear this from a year now. He may have three more songs out. But right now, this is you and Dirk, mm-hmm. Flatliner. This so, was, yeah. It, there's a story it, why Dirk is on the song, right? Like, why, why yeah. Dirk, how did Dirk end up on the song? Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, before the tour, had, I mean, it had nothing to do with it. We, before I got my record, I, I, you know, I was writing songs every day. When we were writing this song, me and Jaron Boyer and Matt Bronley, we, I mean, in the middle of the song, I was like, man, this sounds like something Dirks could sing. And, and I remember us just thinking, like, this sounds like a, you know, let's pitch this to Dirks when we get done with it. Well, I wasn't really, I, I knew him, but I wasn't close enough with him to send him the song. So I don't know if he ever even heard it. And uh, <laughs> years later, I, I'm sure, obviously, years later, uh, I told him the story and he had, you know, texted me. He was a fan of chilling it and some stuff. And I told him, I was like, man, there's this song that I wrote. Uh, for you with with some guys a couple of years ago, but I don't think you've heard it. And I, he said, "Send it." I did, and uh, he wrote back and said he loved. It. He's like, "Man, that sounds like a, a smash," uh, you know. And, and I just joked. I said, "Well, man, if I ever record it, you, you should record it with me." And it was just kind of a running joke, you know. We'd see each other, and if he brought it up, I love. It. But that's just dirt. So he always remembers something that, that that you associate. And he's like, "Man, that Flatliner song I always, you know, I love that song." And it just he always brought that up, and and. I didn't ever think he was serious. So when we went the album to record the album, um, we asked him, and he do was cool with it. Do you make the ask yourself, or do you have someone do it in case he says no? I, yeah, I, you don't want to put somebody on that spot. I mean, I, I literally – it was one of those – I'm the kind of person I'm like, you sure you want to – I was like, please tell him if he doesn't want to, it's fine. Because I, I just don't like to be put on the spot like that and, and to – you know, that's a – He's got his own career, and, you know, I, I understand if, if that's not something that he wanted to do, but – I think he knew how much it means or knows how much it means to me and uh, now and, and I'm, I'm glad we get to perform it. You know, we didn't plan on being on tour, but the fact that the tour worked out, I mean, I think that had something to do with it being, you know, uh, the single and just to, to make everything come full circle. I mean, for me, those college shows I, I talked about earlier, I mean, Dirk Bentley's first album, I mean, Settle for a Slowdown by him is one of my favorite songs ever, I think, and now I'm out here touring with him and, and getting to learn and talk about, you know, I've been on some big tours, great tours, but he's just, he's just the most real dude, man. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it's, uh, it's, it's hard to find a guy that's a superstar like that more down to earth. And I think, 
you know, he's just a good person to have in our format for, for every new artist to look up to, me, everybody. I mean, he's just, uh, he's one of those good dudes. And he's a grinder. Yes. Not on grinder, but he is a grinder. Yeah, yeah. And he might be on grinder. He, I, you know. I don't, yeah, he's off his phone, I saw. He's had enough of it. He's uh, been working hard, so. He, he's working, he's been around, man, a long time, and that's what and those people. And not giving up. Yes, and it's been, that, and he'll talk about it. He's not scared to talk about mistakes he's made and where I went wrong, and I mean, we're, you know, I've only flown with him a couple of times, but he's always back there trying to tell me, you know, hey, don't, you know, do that. Make sure you're doing the right thing. Don't let this bother you. Like, do, you and fly it's with just, him, or do you let him fly you? Because I won't get in this airplane. I don't. I, no, he uh, he's got. You know, he can fly, and then also Austin, another pilot that's with him. But uh, we usually just hang, and I, I let them fly. I don't. Uh, I don't let him fly. Yeah. We just hang. So well, it's usually like after show. I don't so. like those little airplanes. I don't. I'm not a fan of them either. But man, the the traveling just. You know, it, it's been cool just getting to to do it a couple of times, but that's you know I'm I'm good with riding the bus too. I'm I'm lucky enough to to have a bus, so I'm gonna stick stick with that for a while. Let me play a couple more songs here because you're you're in the middle of flight. Look at this; they have seven songs, four four years. Hmm. How about this one here? This is how we <laughs> wrote this one. Yeah. Made some money off this one, didn't you? Yeah, this is. It's crazy to think that that's probably, I mean, sold more than any song I've written, and I can't explain that. I, Do you I, still get checks for this song? I mean, I'm, I don't, I haven't, I don't, know, I haven't asked specifically, but probably. I mean, probably with that, yeah. I mean, with the that, the remix. I mean, there was all kind of. I'd never really had a song that that had a any kind of crossover artist on it or anything. So it was a, it was a big song, but that just, you know, that shows you. I, I, those songs, I mean, I needed those because, you know, for the first three or four years, I mean, I had, while I was building up to these seven singles, I only had a hit or two, and there I was getting to play Roller Coaster, get me some of that, and this is how we roll in my set, number, you know, big songs. Uh, and, and uh, you know, that I just remember me and uh, Brian starting that song and, and uh, Tyler coming in, and th- there was the the shooting bullets at the moon line. Luke had said it in his show, and, and Brian asked, he's like, you think we should ask? I was like, well, I'll ask him. I don't think he's going to want to come over here and write, but I'll ask him. And he came over and listened to just a little bit we had, and we finished it. And they got to sing it, and I didn't get to sing it. I just got the songwriting credit. So I've been <laughs> introducing myself to Jason Derulo ever since. Like, hey, man, I'm, I, I wrote that song, too, with them. But we'll talk about that later. I'm the guy with my initials on my hat. You're, you're the guy. Yeah, you're CS <laughs> on the hat. I'll play one more. We'll go back in time a little bit. Right. Beer in the headlines oh. from Luke. Wow, this is the one I didn't want to give up. Really? This is this is the song that made me keep chilling it. Elaborate. It it was so huge to have cuts on this album for. I can't remember the title of this album, but I mean, this was the one Roller Coaster was on, um, and, and a couple more. This one, obviously, but it, I don't know. It's just like to have three cuts on an album that big was so huge for me. I mean, that was right when people were like. I mean, this guy's the next. I mean, he's got three songs on this big album, blah, blah, blah. You know, so this is, uh, it, it changed everything for me. I said, well, all right, well, this is the song I loved. I mean, and I just always hoped it'd be a single, but that was fine. I just knew that when I gave that one, I said, all right, if I'm going to do the artist thing, I, there's got to be a point where I keep a song. The next song I write that I think I love like that, I have to keep it. I mean, there's no there's no way if I'm going to cons- seriously be the, be the artist I want to be because I know how important a song is. And you know that was the song I, I loved, and then two months later, me and Shane Miner uh, wrote "Chilling It," and that's when I knew. I, I, I literally knew. I said, "This is what I want my first single to be." I was like, "I don't know what we got to do, but this is what this is it. This is how I want the world to hear 
right here, first song. Let's get their attention right here, chilling it. And that was uh, that's what we went with. Well, look at you. You haven't missed yet. Well, Eventually, you're going to. I know. Yeah, and that's what. There's people. It's. I know that I'm realistic. I don't want that pressure on me, my team. I don't. You know, I, every song's not a number one. I mean, I think there's. You know, some songs that I'm going to get the chance to say things I want to that might not be a number one radio hit, but it's going to impact people. I mean, there's a song that is on my current album, um, you know, that it's called Remember Boys that Andrew Dorff uh, and Brad Tersey from Old Dominion, they, they wrote. And I, that song, I, mean, I get to play that live every night. And it's just songs like that that it's like, man, you know, that's why I record songs I didn't write because I can't write that. I didn't write it, but I wish I had. I wish I would have written it. And I think... Being an artist, you, you're fortunate. You get to, you know, take people's work and and uh, you know put your spin on it, and that's it stays around. I mean, that those kind of songs really touch people. And I think, you know, coming off Flatliner, I mean, I'm gonna have a big decision. What's next? And you know, so if I give you a couple titles like Stay Downtown or Broke Down, I wish you would listen and let me know mm-hmm. over the next couple of weeks what you think. I, yeah, I you don't, have no I'm not, idea. I'm not a big listener. Not gonna listen. No. You're just gonna if, see if you play it. We'll see. We'll see. I'm like, um, if, if I play it, it's like the email. When you send an email, see, if I, reply, I like it. Okay, I let's don't it. let's don't listen. Let's just uh, we'll see if you we. No, I don't listen. Right. I don't listen to anybody's. New I don't music. Like, I don't. I don't blame you because you know what? I wouldn't want that kind of pro- what, having to respond. The, y'all just put what you want out, and, and if we'll figure it out. If yeah. it's not universal, absolutely. Then it, and I've like I understand. I really do. Like I don't blame you. I'm <laughs> friendly with Stapleton. Yeah. Because I was having Chris up before even traveler came out yeah so chris has always been really loyal to me because i was i loved him early of course and chris was like hey i want to send you my new album i haven't told chris no i was like dude and that was the hardest thing to do yeah because oh, I, yeah. I love that I would I, wanna, i'll take it yeah i was like dude <laughs> I, can't, I can't take it early yeah. i can't take but i just feel like if i can be like my listeners and hear it the day it comes out then i'm you still better, them dude that is wow I just blew my mind. I mean, why? Why wouldn't you do that? That's the I want to experience it like my people experience and, it. And that is, I think that's something that wow, I hadn't thought about. But like in our format or just our business, I mean, we, I hear a song, you know, and I'm tired by the time anybody else even hears. It, I know it so well that I can't even feel what they're like. I don't know what that first time feeling. That's the best. I mean, the first time you hear a song, first time you realize I love this song. I mean, you can't go back to that. Like once you've heard it a hundred times, you can't go back to that. So that is really cool that that but that's how you stay in touch with your listeners your fans i mean you're one of them and that's what you know you do that i try to do the same thing on stage i want them to know that i'm i'm just like them i'm just getting to stand up here for you know 45 minutes a night however long it is yeah i appreciate you coming by yeah are you this has been this is awesome i will do and i won't i talk about all the the great things you do like please let's i want to be i'm gonna be a part of something soon so just let me know man i'm uh you do a lot and i want to you know, I, I've been fortunate too, so I want to want to help how I can. This ain't about me. I know I, it's about it's about them, but we're we're very fortunate, and I know. Want to say congrats to you also uh, on there for for the induction, man. The hall. That's I know you don't want to talk about, but it's to me that's. I do not want to talk about. I know that, you. But thank you very but much. But yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I just want you to know. I I uh, that's that's huge. I, and I congrats, and uh, you deserve it. Thanks for for all the good you do. I appreciate that. All right, Cole Swindell is here. And uh, depending when you hear this, uh, Flatliners, that's out. Or his next, did people hear this in 2018, 2019? He may have this new hip-hop song with, with Migos that's all over country uh, radio. I, hey, you never know. Well, we got this interview either way. And Haley Steinfeld. The new Cole Swindell with Haley Steinfeld's <laughs> out. You picked that up. All right, so what episode is this, Mike? 
67. Wrapping up 67. Good to see you, buddy. Always good to see you. Thank you. And we will uh, see you next time here on the BobbyCast. Thanks to Express Pros. And thanks to... Oh, Blue Apron. Oh, yeah. All right. Thank you, guys. We'll see you next time.